0: Greetings, Grapple Fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Match of the Week, a semi regular weekly format where you let me tell you something, co hosts first Lorca Mullen and then. Simon Cross discuss a match that we take it in turns picking that we think is a good starting platform with which to debate the greater issues that may be of this match and surrounding issues of this match either through a historical or contemporary context and we're definitely going down the contemporary context with this one Simon this is a easily the most recent match of the week we've gone for and what have you picked for us this week
1: I have picked the lights out unsanctioned match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus funder Rosa.
0: So, at the time, we were pretty curious to find out if we were going to be talking about that in the Meltzer five star project. And then, when we found out we weren't, when Mr. Meltzer deigned to give it a mere four and three quarter stars. Ah, what's the point then? You might as well gouge your eyes out rather than watch that match, <laughs> not you, Simon? But we still thought that it was a match that was definitely a good launch pad
1: for a discussion. Well, this is our first women's match in this uh, Match the Week series, memory says correctly?
0: Yes, we have recorded a couple in the backlog.
1: But in, in terms of out to you listeners, this is the first one that you will hear.
0: We want to make sure that we have a women's match. I think we should really try and aim for it at least one for every 10 matches. The problem is, throughout the history of wrestling, that does limit you slightly. And when you
1: look at like, my knowledge banks as well, it's not yeah, it's not great. you
0: you know, let's be honest...
1: <laughs> don't! Don't do what I think you're going to do!
0: <laughs> That's what she said.
1: What? <laughs> but
0: it will increasingly not be the case, because we are now in an era where women are increasingly prominent, at least in North America... In high-profile matches, we've now had a second WrestleMania main event involving two women. Now it's over a two-day period and it was the f- night one, so then it becomes a question of what is the true main event of WrestleMania 37 if you're going to give it to one match.
1: Um, although apparently it's only going to be one night next year, so they're going back to the marathon show. So
0: Yeah, I think it's all up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if WrestleMania became a two-night affair at some point this decade mm. and it just stays that way i would but, not be surprised in the slightest and we will talk about the banks bel-air match in comparison to this one at various points but what this is to the best of my knowledge is this the first time a women's match not involving the women's title as main evented a dynamite
1: um off the top of my head
0: yes it sounds like it should be right yeah well, not right as in, eh, don't give him it, but right as in it's a factual mm. declaration, which we can't back up with facts necessarily yet. <laughs> but when has that stopped people like us doing that? What it is, though, is indicative of a larger part of what AEW does with Dynamite that I'm a big fan of, and that is allowing various people in the roster who wouldn't main event pay-per-view... To be allowed on last for the TV show and be the departing image, I think AEW is doing a really good job of making it feel like a roster. Yeah. of talent is what the appeal of AEW is, and it's funny when you look when I look back at the old WWF Monday Night Raws from the '93 '94 period of time, that will very often be how they would work. That the main event of the that episode will be Bam Bam Bigelow against Scott Steiner. Mm. Or Randy Savage against IRS, and that will be the story of that episode, and it will be introduced with like a little pre-match, pre-show promo, and then it will main event the show. And I think that AEW are doing not quite that, but they're allowing pretty much any mid-card or upper-mid-card feud blow-off to happen as a main event of an AEW Dynamite rather than just part of the mid-card of the pay-per-views. We've seen it happen with things like. Darby Allen. Several Darby Allen feuds have ended like that. We saw it with the best friends against proud and powerful. We we saw it. We even saw it. Although I don't know if it main evented the show, but we saw it with Dustin Rhodes and Cutie Marshall. Oh, you're the, in my head. I was going to use that exact
1: example.
0: Bull and Bunny and the Bull
1: Blade. Blade. Sorry, Bunny and the Blade. And uh, no butcher
0: in the blade. No, no, the blade butcher in the blade. Ugh. The bunny
1: was yeah. the because yeah, it involved was... a cuckolding element yeah. i can see why you yes. thought about balls but
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't know if that i don't know that main event did my main evented an hour but it allows it gives it gives all these guys freedom and you know freedom to blade i remember there was multiple... i think all four of them might have bled in that match there was
1: a lot of claret yeah
0: and that is famously what happens in this match as well and i think a lot of people will expect this to be the launch pad of the main event career of Brit Baker there's obviously a lot of people trying to sell this as Brit Baker following in the footsteps of stone cold steve austin at wrestlemania 13 mm-hmm. and becky lynch in that pre survivor series package where their face covered in blood is this lasting image that defines their character
1: and their superstardom she's already had like a very good bloody faced image when her nose got knackered that's, like, mm. a really, like, gnarly shot. Uh, and so it looks like she's already had that kind of moment. But this this is kind of, like, a more intentional version of that. And it it's a match in which, even through losing, she looks mint. Like, no one looks bad in this. Like, the, the loser does not look bad in this whatsoever. And because it's unsanctioned, she can even, like, go down that route of, well, my record's fine. Like, cool, you won. Didn't mean out. (laughs) I do wonder how often they're going to lean into the
0: unsanctioned elements. I wonder how many unsanctioned matches they've had at this point.
1: Two. Three? Two or three.
0: So were things like the Best Friends Proud and Powerful, was that not unsanctioned? No, that
1: was a parking lot brawl. Oh, that's different then. Well, they they never did that whole, they never made the uh, dog and pony show of turning the lights on then turning the lights off for that one.
0: It makes sense more because of the importance of win-loss records, as we're told. I've always uh-huh. had my issues with the win-loss records. We won't, we don't need to go over that again. But what it also allows is a potential continuation of that feud later on, like when Kenny Omega starts feuding with John Moxley again, and he says, we've never wrestled each other.
1: <laughs> we don't well, have... Every time I've wrestled you, I've beaten you. Which he did use in that very long intro uh, that Justin Roberts was like reading out in like, the, few, in the like, past few months. But back to this match.
0: Well, what surprised me actually following on from this match was that Thunder Rosa stuck around. Because it seemed to me like this was the logical end point of Thunder Rosa's working relationship with NWA just before the promotions open up. And I mean, late, literally later that week, she was fighting... Uh, Camille Brickhouse on the big NWA comeback show. Yeah. Uh, losing to her as well, which made me think, oh, maybe she's moving straight to AEW. But as far as I'm aware, she's still under contract with NWA, but she has started appearing on AEW as well. I expected, essentially, the Brit Baker from here, and I still think this is probably going to be the case, she will win the women's title from Hikaru Shida as soon as she challenges her the first time.
1: Which I think will be... Next month, I think we're heading for a double and nothing match. That, that That's where I smell the storyline going. Yeah, And then she essentially
0: becomes the ace of the women's division in the same way that Kenny Omega is within the men's division right now. And it will get to the point where she'll say, is there anyone left to challenge me? And then Thunder Rosa was going
1: to make her big comeback and challenge Well, the, the, This is the problem I have with this. Not with this match, but the situation they're going to have after they do what they rightfully should do because Britt Baker ever since she's turned heel is been a hot property it's weird because she we're we're about a year delayed because of the leg break in like the whole Brit Baker trajectory but we've actually benefited from it yeah and we're um, also a
0: year delayed because of the presentation of her to begin with mm. that she was brought in as a smiley happy go luck not happy go lucky but
1: I I really did not care for her initial feud against B, B Priestley. I, mm. I just thought that they tried to blur the lines uh, because it was about oh how B injured her for real, which I don't get when like you're presenting professional wrestling. Uh, just like oh this happened for like she, like she really hurt me. Well, yeah, that's that's the point of what you're trying to do. Like yeah, ah. Yeah. Uh, and I did like I like the pop she got when they were in Pittsburgh, uh, where she's from. That was a nice like hometown moment for her. That that was like a touching thing. But she didn't connect as a face. No, but as is so
0: often the case, these people come in as white meat baby faces, and then you turn them heel, and suddenly they find a character, and they're just off to the races. I mean, like a Rocky Maivia. I mean, like a Chris Jericho. I mean, like Randy Orton. And very often it's either an injury, which was the case with Randy Orton with the RNN updates.
1: Interesting you mentioned Randy because obviously Funtacks were involved in his coming out match and Funtax are involved here as well. So you could draw a parallel of like this really being her like so- solidification as like someone who's really hard to beat as well as really annoying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we really should bring that match into consideration for a future match of the week, actually, Mick Foley against Randy Orton. Mm. Because that bump that he took onto the thumbtacks is probably one of the most significant bumps since Mick Foley went through the table. Because it took the thumbtacks and the extreme wrestling stuff and made it more commonplace for regular wrestlers to do it every once in a while. Obviously, Triple H had done stuff with barbed wire. But if you looked at it, it was actually a control. It was it was funny. Every time Mick Foley got hit with barbed wire, it was real. But then you can see the moment where he got switched out for a fake barbed wire. Mm. So there was a certain amount of control that Triple H wasn't doing. But Randy Orton, you couldn't deny that those were thumbtacks in his body. Yeah. And subsequent to that then, Thumbtacks became just a trademark of almost every Abyss match in TNA. And so even Sting was taking Thumbtack bumps. Yeah. I think the funny thing with Thumbtack bumps is they're not actually very risky for a career or an injury. It's just a palpable pain that everyone can relate to.
1: Yeah, it does have that relatable pain. I do worry that it's going to end up with like one going in like an eye one day. There's a lot of... I
0: wouldn't be surprised if they're slightly gimmicked. Thumbtacks mm. in that regards,
1: a kind of like a Chekhov's gun situation for, for yeah, Brit yeah. with the thumbtack. Right, that one off, your, right that one off your bingo sheets. Because obviously she brings them out, and it's through using those that uh, Thunder Rosa escaped the lockjaw, which has been put over as like a really dominant hold. I don't think anyone's ever broken out of the lockjaw.
0: It's a very good finisher. It's adding her touch to the mandible claw, and also the rings of Saturn, making it something that's uniquely
1: hers. Mm. And the glove is a nice touch. And with Pac having the brutalizer, which is the rings of Saturn, which I I haven't seen him use, I've seen him use, but now he's, like, not a heel so much, maybe he'll, like, phase out of that.
0: And what also makes the lockjaw work as well is the whole she's a dentist, so she actually understands the nerve hold endings. I mean, that was the whole birth of the mandible claw was that it was a guy who was literally a physician who the fugitive was based on that ended up working as a professional wrestler because he knew how the body worked he would he created this hold and he said this is a numbing move and so it works even better than it does for the mankind or the fiend as mm-hmm. well it, it works perfectly with her character And it also allows her to do great humiliating post-match things because her opponent's always out of it. And that's what she'd been doing to Thunder Rosa for these past few months.
1: Yeah, I mean, that she blindsided her and rubbed off her face paint. Not as bad as a mask, but for someone who paints her mask and is trying to, like, Mexicana kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's a great way of doing... An equivalent of a dirty racist character without them having to lean too much into the dirty racism of it. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's like as close as we get to acceptable heel racism in wrestling now. It's not Triple H trying to tie a noose around Booker T. And it's not Jinder Mahal saying shit about how Japanese people talk it's just someone using arrogance and trying to get into someone's head about their personal pride but pride related to their culture but it's as much just because she thinks it looks cool and Thunder Rosa I mean as soon as I saw her on NWA Power early NWA Power was some of my favourite wrestling to watch in recent years because it was such a fantastic callback and Jim Cornette hadn't yet used an incredibly old racist joke so it was tolerable (laughs) He was in his element for once. Mm. But then he was too in his element. So, <laughs> Not like that, Jim. What are you doing? Jim Cornet's element has a very combustible number. It's, oh, uh, I... it's the magnesium of personalities. <laughs> as soon as Thunder Rosa appeared on screen, and I know that she'd been part of Lucha Underground, and everyone who watched her in Lucha Underground was amazed at her improvements in the interim. I haven't seen any Lucha Underground to comment one way or the other but one thing that really stuck out to me was how snug and crisp and hard she hit or made the impression of looking hard which i can only attribute to the fact that she is literally a combat sport trained fighter yeah so she will know things that can make her strikes look good in the same way that matt riddle can the same way that ken shamrock was able to it's not shane mcmahon phantom punching
1: yeah, yeah, Lesnar as well. Uh, although sometimes Lesnar just does it.
0: <laughs> Very often, at the worst end of what women's wrestling used to be, especially in the Divas era, was the sense that there was no weight behind what they were doing. They wouldn't even lean into the ropes when they run the ropes. Mm. They barely bounce off them. Thunder Rosa attacks things with a viciousness, and she throws herself into everything. She throws a weight behind moves, and. You know, she's not the only person that does that. As everyone says, Nikki Bella had one of the best forearms in all of wrestling. Oh, yeah. So it's not like it's something that women can't do as well as men. It's just oftentimes they're not allowed to. But Thunder Rosa, just immediately, as soon as you saw her, she's like, there's no way she's staying in NWA. With her look, with her cool look, with her unique background, with her ability and her character work and her decent mic work, there's no way she's not going to AEW or WWE. And then as soon as lockdown happened and she comes into AEW and they start to do... I mean, that was before the Impact Wrestling stuff. That was the first
1: mm. loaning
0: of talent negotiations. And she had some really good stuff on uh, with Hikaru Shida and other people.
1: I mean, we also got to see like Serena Deeb as well, who is yes. mint.
0: Fantastic. And A lot of people say that Mickie James will hopefully get to go down the path that, that Serena does now that she's been let go. And just be let off the hook. And be allowed to be what she is, which is a fantastic wrestler. Mm. Not necessarily an AEW, but... Just wherever she chooses to do. But the whole AEW women's division has always been a, a starting and stopping point. Because you need to have it now in wrestling. It's just a necessity in the 2020s that there has to be a women's division and it has to be pushed well. But you still, outside of Japan, have a shallowness of talent that will gradually not be the case, probably by the end of this decade. But one of the problems with AEW was a lot of it's bringing in inexperienced people who haven't done TV stuff and even fewer experienced women in that area. And so a lot of women were brought in that didn't necessarily have
1: the right tools.
0: And they also weren't given the attention that they fully deserved at various points.
1: Okay. Few things about the uh, AEW women's division. First few months of Dynamite, they knacked it. Uh, the whole Brandy Rhodes nightmare collective thing. Oh, bleh. It just didn't work for whatever reason uh then obviously you've got the effects of lockdown you've got people not finding their characters yet in brit baker no what nothing just really fit I and mean, it always seems like they try little things and okay cards on the table i don't watch a lot i haven't watched a single episode of dark dark elevation i don't know what they're trying on there but in terms of what i see on aw dynamite hikaru shida as much as i love her i don't think she struck as champion quite in the same way they wanted to Riho is a good wrestler but the mic work wasn't there and it's like
0: well that's the problem with a lot of the japanese talent yeah
1: like i'm not saying you have i mean you do have to have great mic work to you know be a a great what i'm saying is if you want to have rio be champion not maybe not the first champion i know you don't have a name like you did with Chris Jericho and the men's title, but yeah, maybe like Nyla Rose or like you know someone who whose character like, there's another one. Nyla Rose just fades into the ether like from time to time. Yeah, and then suddenly it's like a pay per
0: view. It's like oh shit, sticking with Hikaru Shida again because we haven't been able to come. They've up with
1: not a built a division yet. Like, they no. have some women. It's not a division. I, I hate saying that.
0: Yeah. But I think now with Britt Baker, they've got the combination of the one that can, of someone that can wrestle and can do character work and is over with the crowd—the three things that you need.
1: And this is my worry: it's like a fire if you don't have enough fuel to feed it. She becomes champion. Cool. Who, who's there? Who, who's there to take on?
0: We're not asking her to be Hulk Hogan, but it's the Jim Cornette thing of I think they have a lot of people that work with the one who makes the money. You can do that with Sheeda. You can do that with Riho. You can do that with Nyla Rose if you turn her face. You Mm -hmm. can do that with, you can bring in Serena Deeb. And when they go back to Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker because of this match, that could theoretically at this point main event one of the four pay-per-views they do. Yeah. And I would not be surprised. If if you were to ask me to put money on what's going to be the first women's match to main event an AEW pay-per-view, it would be Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa. The rematch from this one. And now you've got Ty Conti doing such great work she's Um,
1: starting to like emerge it's it's, there's a lot of slow tapers it's it's a concern of mine i'd love to be wrong and i think in time hopefully there are enough people around it but it's it's just a diamond surrounded by a lot of rough i i feel now
0: that there's visibility of it there's going to be more women that think they can do it And if there are more women that think they can do it, there'll be more women that will turn out can actually do it. Yeah. And then you've suddenly got, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end, by at some point in the halfway point of next decade in WWE and AEW, if either of them are still going as a going concern, that the roster split is almost 50-50. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. But like now, because I'm putting my cards on the table, I think, I can't remember the date in May that it is, But come double or nothing, Britt Baker's champion.
0: Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. I feel like that's what they're going for. Who
1: does she face? I don't see anyone. that Because of what they've done with their division. I just listed
0: them. Ty Conti, Nyla Rose, Hikaru Shida, Rio. By then you can bring in more talent from Japan. You can fly them in. Thunder Rosa, Anna Jay will be back at this point. Okay. Layla Hirsch might have been built up. They might bring in Mickey James. They might bring in another WWE. Guy.
1: You've listed names. Yeah. But and well, Mickey's different because you could bring Mickey in, like, go from the ground running. But that, I, I just feel they're not on. I don't perceive them as legitimate champions.
0: She brings them up to their level. That's what she has to do, and they have to bring themselves up. She brought herself up to a level of superstardom without... She was feuding with Big Swole. Big Swole didn't bring her up. They brought each other up through having Mm. an entertaining feud with a weird 1999 WWF Hardcore Championship match blow-off that involved fucking taking a syringe in the leg.
1: Yeah, that... Well, that was just (laughs) a bad position for that match. That match was... Fine for what it was. But my point is that was over
0: with the crowd. Your your notion that there has to be a star to make another star is not necessarily this case. No one Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't beat anyone to become the WWF's top star. I know he beat Shawn Michaels, but that wasn't what made him the top star. He was the top star before then. The Rock didn't beat Hulk Hogan to become the top star. No, no, no. That's not. But you make yourself a star, like both Thunder Rosa. And Britt Baker did. And then they both elevated each other.
1: But their track record's very, very poor with that. That's my point. So
0: their track record is less than two years.
1: But it's not great. I'm working with the sample size I have.
0: How many how many great successes are there in wrestling? Once or twice a year at the best of times? As far as making new stars,
1: well, yeah, but they—they're not. I don't
0: understand. Do you think we need to churn out six Stone Cold Steve Austins every? No,
1: no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is AEW have treated their women's division predominantly like an afterthought. Now they've got someone who's like got all the tools of the toolbox. That's great, but because they
0: yes, managed to do it whilst they were an afterthought, imagine what they'll be able to do it now that they've got confidence in them.
1: Yeah, in her. Wow. Well, do they have confidence? I don't have faith in AEW's women's division. I think they've
0: increased confidence in Ty Conti. I think they're g- gaining confidence yeah. in Hikara And I'm not, saying
1: it's the, I'm not saying it's the wrestlers. What I'm trying to say is, if you look at how AEW's presented its women's divisions thus far, I I feel I'm well within my rights to have natural apprehension about what they can do with the tools they have available.
0: They did this match. They did. Awesome. So there's no reason they can't do it again. And now they know the formula. They can do it more often. The formula is you build characters. You can start comedic and then you build it up. And that's what happened with Britt Baker. Yeah. starts off comedic. Chris Jericho, 98-esque character. Got a fantastic rapport with Tony Schiavone. Give her a Rebel Reba not Rebel or Rebel not Reba. I can't remember which one it is. Give her the Gaga. And let her go with the promos. Mm. And put her up against really good wrestlers.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is what they
0: have with Thunder Rosa. And then and then don't give them any limitations on what they can do. Allow them to bleed. I mean, that's the thing that alarms me. I've said it before. I don't there's a lot of blood in wrestling again all of a sudden, and I'm not a big fan. I, I don't like
1: it. That is a AEW issue.
0: I don't think they see it as an issue. They seem to see it as great. Yeah. I think they see it as something that the WWE are too nervous to do. So they say, let's make ourselves look unique. Let's remind people of the classic wrestling and bring back blood. Which I'm not a fan of, but it's working. I'm sure it's... I mean, it's definitely working for Britt Baker.
1: But if, a kid, if you let a child pick its own dinner, it will pick ice cream more often than it should.
0: But it worked for this one, we, we complain about the overindulgence of it, but because it was, I think this is maybe the first time a woman's bladed, and both of them did as well. What did you think as well? It's funny, because obviously Britt Baker gets to have the full crimson mask, and it was obvious with the way that uh, Thunder Rosa bladed herself, that what they wanted to do was a two colour effect, that the blood would only go down the left side of her face rather than the right side of her face, which would retain the face paint, similar to what, Dustin Rhodes did in his match with Cody, but that worked because it was the red blood face paint as well. Yeah, and so because of that, her her cut was never actually that impressive. Whereas Britt Baker's was just juice in a gusher. Oh, what surprised me as well with that was that I don't feel like the announcers actually sold the shock of it as much as I expected them to. They didn't seem any more shocked at the women bleeding as uh, bleeding as they are men bleeding. And I'm not saying, and obviously it's got to be equal opportunities, but I just thought you'd make a bigger deal of it. I, I was surprised. I'm not saying they didn't make a deal of it, I'm just surprised they didn't make an even bigger deal of it. Yeah. I, I think they didn't want to come across as patronizing. I don't think it's patronized. You've got to point out that you've never seen this kind of stuff from women in wrestling yet. Yeah. And they're proving themselves to be every bit as brave as the men, or whatever you want to put it as.
1: But were they women, or were they performers in that sense?
0: They were women performers. There was no, There's no denying that the significance of this is the fact... Because loads of people have bled in AEW, but this is the most famous bleeding in AEW of all, because it was two women, and particularly that it was a good blade job on a... On the to scale, it was probably at least an 0.8 from Britt Baker. And one thing as well with Britt Baker is she knows how to play the cameras. You were saying before, the the time where she broke her nose and was smiling to the cameras. Mm. Again, a little bit of a Mick esque move of knowing where the camera was and sticking his tongue. What Mick Foley thought was him sticking his tongue out under his lip, and but it made it look like he was smiling, which worked with the character anyway. <laughs> and with Britt Baker, she made sure that the camera catches a full face full of blood and... Yeah. She she knows how to work it. Basically, she works her angles really well.
1: She's got a really good sidekick as well. I I, I feel like one of the things that makes great heels is sometimes. Like I've seen bad sidekicks and I've seen good sidekicks. Reba not Rebel or Rebel not Reba. I I'm sorry, I cannot remember which way around it is. Her when she gets like laid out with a crutch,
0: she's very good at being like semi competent. She can screw things up, but she can also save her at times as well. And
1: one of my favorite moments with her uh, outside of this match is after Big Swole's thrown Brit into the dumpster. And she's like, where were you? I've been here for like 18 hours. It's like, you're fired. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to just us off. And Brit's like, no, no, you rehired, you rehired. It's like, do you
0: think you do the Virgil Ted DiBiase thing with them? I don't know that she's a good enough wrestler, though.
1: You don't do it now you keep that powder dry until you've got a full crowd which is again uh, which in a I'm I'm deviating but I think with the Wardlow MJF thing I think that role was slowed with covid and they're waiting for a crowd to be back before they go down that path again they alluded to it once or twice very like very tinily 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 but ah <laughs> uh, I'm owning it. It's on it. <laughs> I'm here in this space now. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they've done some very tinily things. <laughs> <laughs> this must be killing you. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh god! I mean, we're both guilty of our spoonerisms and mixed metaphors, but tinily. Tinily. <laughs> That's going to be a runner
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What what this match was we, we haven't really talked enough about the match Which is something we really need to get back to doing with this match Ah uh, now it's the Spanish announced table spot Or oh it's Sabu So there's going to be at least three tables destroyed in this match With this one What I really loved was that they tease the table spot And then when Rebel goes yeah. to it later on It was long enough that you forgot about it, and then you remembered it when she went through it. I really like that. The brawling into the crowd was very reminiscent of the Austin era WWE. Unfortunately, it wasn't brawling into a crowd of fans, it was brawling into a crowd of overacting lower mid-card guys. But they did well. It was well shot as well. It was like the level of crowd that you saw in the old WWF computer games, actually. Just thinking about it. (laughs) I, I can't imagine what Billy Gunn's thinking watching this.
1: I don't know if Billy's like... Because his son is one of the... like he His son brings the heat every time as an audience member. He's going for it.
0: So here's my controversial opinion, I guess. But I didn't re-watch both these matches. But on first viewing of both of them, I would actually not even say this was the best women's match of this year so far. I would say I preferred the Sasha Banks-Bianca Belair match to it and i don't watch any joshi so i've got to say just for north american wrestling just because i think like dave meltzer my tastes don't veer towards the ultra violence i don't feel comfortable seeing them bleed necessarily that's not that's not just women i'm just not a fan of blood in general in wrestling now knowing what we know obviously i appreciate that i still think bret Hart, steve austin which this was clearly trying to evoke in places is one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time and without the blood, it wouldn't be as highly thought of. I think it would still be highly thought of, but not as highly thought of. I mean, I know we've talked
1: about it before, but do you think because blood's been used so much, it just gets...
0: Yeah, I think I think the preponderance of blood... Just what we know now, especially at a time when infectious diseases are something we should be very conscious of, and good hygiene. I'm not crazy about it coming into
1: the forefront, especially now in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. it was fine for this match, because of what it was... But because we've had so many instances where people have just done it, yeah, I, I I can see why you're a bit numb to it.
0: I think what it is is that it's the story of the match, the respective matches. The story of this match is essentially these two people hate each other, but it does almost feel like an exhibition of ultraviolence. I could take the yeah. yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of callbacks to loads of stuff from their history that I can recall particularly. Except maybe her going for the knockout thing, which she'd done to knock out, you know there weren't great moments like even Bailey and Sasha Banks had with the with the chair story mm. last year whereas Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair to me was like as close as a WWE main event has come to doing a Tanahashi Okada match or the recent Tetsuya Naito Kota match where you've got athletic ability against ring savviness and a real battle of brain against not brawn but you know strategy against ability bel and banks told that story banks in particular so well that you could see how she was thinking throughout it all whereas this it was i mean there was logical escalation up to a point uh with the thumbtacks and everything and and there was there was a gross out and uh, it was like a whiz bang special effects it was like a, yeah that was like a cgi spectacle whereas banks bel-air was a great character drama and I think I go more for character drama over whiz-bang special
1: effects. Yeah, I will say, because A, it wasn't technically a foreign object, and B, well, purely because of the sound it made as well, that hair whip is a lot more memorable than a lot of the stuff yeah. in this uh, Baker Rosa match. like Exactly. There are things I remember for the Baker Rosa match, but they only did one kind of extreme thing in that match, And God, do I remember it.
0: Yeah, imagine how good Bianca Belair will be when she's got her own physical gifts and is as psychologically savvy as Sasha Mm. Banks is. That might be the best wrestler in the country at that point. Because that'd be like, you know, I mean, no one since Brock Lesnar has been brought up to the main roster and be built around their freakish athleticism as much as Bianca Belair. But that's not the match we're talking about. We're talking about two women that have gone and grafted and done it the hard way. And they're not doing it in the WWE. But because they're not in the WWE, they can go to places that WWE won't allow their Mm. men to go. Let alone their women. I mean, where do you go with the? The the question is though, like we're saying, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker could main event pay-per-view. But do you give them 20 minutes of just a regular match? Or do you have it be another gimmick? Do you put them in a steel cage? Do you put them... In a false Count Anywhere match. You can't do it again as unsanctioned. But you've got to try and bring some. You know. It's the, that thing. Like if you remove the weaponry. Could they have a match as good as Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair was without the weaponry. They're both fantastic wrestlers. And they're both great at character stuff. So
1: yeah. Maybe. It's already established pretty well. This was like Seasoning.
0: They're throwing, they're throwing things at the wall. They're experimenting with stuff, and I'm okay with that because they threw so much stuff at the wall that they ended up with giving us this match. So I have faith in them that they're getting that their hit rate is improving now, and they're getting more seasoned talent and they're getting more confident in what they can do. And they'll see, there'll be plenty of women on the roster that have seen what those two have done and says, "I want to do that because I know it can be done," which is why, I, which is why i was saying. There are going to be so many more women now going into wrestling boot camps, and fingers crossed, you get rid of all the nonces. They should be okay. Look at how just hewn into the fabric of uh, uh, the UFC now women's matches are. They've got three weight division champions. They don't have Ronda Rouseys anymore, but they still have. It's still a viable part of the show. They get reactions from the crowd. They're not seen as novelty. So I think when people are talking about the. The rise of the women's division in AEW. This will be seen as the most... This is the most significant match so far in women's wrestling in AEW. Arguably, I don't know. I think it may be the biggest match since uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Because, like I said, it's only qualified that Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks may have entered WrestleMania. And it's nothing new. This was something new for what women's wrestling was being presented as in a mainstream, on a fucking TNT national television program watched by over a million people or so at this point. we well, coming up on that. And he got four and three quarter stars
1: from Meltzer, and that was a big deal for some people. I, I came across as pessimistic earlier, and yes, I, 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 I think if I take... I'd say you only did tiny, at Yeah, uh, t- only you know, tiny. too much. Uh, i i guess I was just looking at the past too much. I can accept that argument and hopefully this is this glorious launch pad that I think we it could potentially be.
0: It can't be this kind of match now for another year.
1: Oh God keep it special.
0: I don't want to see another woman bleed unnecessarily. I don't want anyone to bleed unnecessarily, but I don't want to see any woman I don't want to see anyone really bleeding for another six months to a year but i don't think that's gonna be the case but there we well go. we've got
1: blood and guts soon. It's in the name.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, we can't help but have blood
1: there. Someone, someone's going to bleed heavily in that match.
0: Anyway, after all these matches of the weeks, where we did sometimes talk about the matches, so si, we're going to go back, assuming no five-star matches in the interim, to a uh, traditional Let Me Tell You Something episode. And boy, has this been a contentious issue in recent months. And it's always been high on our to-talk-about list. We're finally taking the ball by the horns. We're going to talk about it. What are we talking about in the next Let Me Tell You Something episode, Simon?
1: We're talking about the very thing that people, all wrestlers, are scrapping for. Well, one of the two things that um, it's all about. It's not about checks. It's about championship belts, baby.
0: And that is something that obviously we expect both Britt Baker and maybe Thunder Rosa to have around their waist later on. But is the AEW women's title a good example or a bad example of a championship belt? That's a topic for discussion then as well. But until then, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, whether what they have to write for you is a big, massive epic or some
1: tinily written short sentence, how can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of eyes entirely. <laughs> <laughs> it bothers you because you don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> Well, no one
0: knows if that's true or
1: not. Simon.
0: <laughs> my name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for abstracticaphically, <laughs> N for Neapolitanistic. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. Lmtyspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. But we only have a few tiny sentences left to say to you now and they are that my name's Lorcan Mullen
1: and my name's Simon Cross
0: thank you for letting us tell you something have a great week until the next